Do School Better, a podcast for people who want to transform education. Join Doris Corda, Hawkins School's Associate Head and Director of Entrepreneurial Studies, as she shares her experience as an educational reformer told through conversations with Assistant Directors Tim Desmond and Allison Tanker. Tools of the Trade. In this episode, Tim and Doris discuss the critical role of technology in Hawkins' Entrepreneurial Studies program. Tim explains his beliefs on educational technology, along with practical ways to get started for the less technically inclined. So you know you've spent 20, 25 years as a history teacher, you've been an instructional technologist, you've been an author, etc. And um, when we, it was maybe a week after in when we first started working together, we're just learning each other, and we're teaching this thing, and. I said, so what, you know, if you could do absolutely the thing that you love to do professionally most, what does it look like? Do you remember that? <laughs> Vaguely. Okay. <laughs> and I said, give me an example of something you worked on recently that you love. Do you remember that? Uh, now I remember the, the conversation, yeah. And do you remember what you said? Yeah, I was building out haiku modules. Yeah. <laughs> really yeah. exciting, Yeah, huh? and, and I mean, this was, we, we've covered so much, we've gone through so much you and me personally together. This was two years ago almost, but I remember very specifically you saying I had to do blah, 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 and, uh, and I sat down at 2 o'clock in the afternoon, and at 9 o'clock, Joy, your wife, said, are you coming to dinner ever? And you were stunned that it, you'd been doing this for seven hours. And I mean, I remember the times that you said Right. So, and this was year, you know, a long time ago, and a lot of water under the dam since. And so, under the bridge, I always say this wrong. Anyway, close enough. Yeah. So, um, so that was about one weekend, and we partnered, and you built an extraordinary um, learning platform for an entirely different educational model where we're using problems uh, for students to learn. And others are using it in all kinds of different classes. And you're teaching them how to build their own. Um, please tell me about it. <laughs> <laughs> where to begin? Yeah. Um, well, I, 1971, no, I won't go that far back. Um, when I first started teaching, this was the early 90s, and it was, I, I remember being in at the Peck School, and we were in Susie Pignatello's classroom, and they had just run the phone line to the one computer in her room, and we were signing on to AOL. Uh. And we were all crowded around the computer, and the first thing we do, did was look up sports scores. Uh. <laughs> you know, I was like, but I, I remember that, like, and it, that wasn't that long ago. Like in the in the big picture, yeah. like the yeah. you know, early '90s was not that long ago. And shortly thereafter, I started. Uh, uh, I got into sort of web design. I learned how to do uh, HTML coding with Notepad. Uh, some changing the color of the background by using the hex value it was so exciting. <laughs> but in, uh, in all of that, uh, I, I also have to say that my mother typed my papers for me in college because I didn't even own a computer. I didn't go to the computer lab. Yeah. And I mention that because a lot of times in my career, because I've sort of been on this dual track of education and technology, people have said things like, oh, well, that's you. You know technology. I couldn't possibly do that. And that always bothered me because 
I didn't receive a degree in computer science. I didn't go to school for it. I was all self-taught, and I learned by col through colossal failure. Yeah. That's how I learned a yeah. lot about technology. Yeah. So I always, I wasn't offended by it, but I felt like people didn't really understand that it's not out of anyone's realm. If you're willing to take a chance and to try something and to mess up, that you can learn this too. And I never thought technology was important for the sake of using technology. I taught myself web design because I wanted to create a website for my classroom. I wanted kids to be able to, from home to get their, look at their assignments. If they got home from school and they forgot or they didn't write it down, and so that, that's what drove that's awesome. it. And everything I've done in technology since then has been sort of mission-driven. Like there's yeah. been a reason why I've taught myself certain things. Uh, so for this class, it was, it, it was just natural for me to think, okay, how can we, how can we create a, a, a system for students that will be accessible to them, easy to use, and, and serve our purposes from an educational objective, not because we want to say we can use technology. Right. So that's been my overall approach is I, technology has to serve a reason and, and that you, you learn technology by using technology. Yeah, yeah, just like you learn to be a writer, you always say, by writing, yeah. And so this is such a different kind of uh, model. Um, and it's a, you know, it's a model where the student, in-class students are doing, and the reading and the creating and the listening and the watching happens outside of class and there's so many different aspects to it and you've built this really um, wonderful platform for the students and for us um, and we're working with educators from other schools who don't have any facility really with technology and don't have resources and don't have anything and yet you're working with them telling them no big deal here's where to start talk about sort of what when first of all when when you built what we're using what were some of your what are and were some of your starting assumptions and givens about it yes and then also go into what, what you say to these educators when you're helping them because they come out like so thinking you're a god and I try to tell them they're so wrong. <laughs> I've got them fooled. <laughs> uh, there, you know there's really um, let me think about I, I get I'm gonna have to get in the weeds a little bit on yeah. this and I, I hope I'm not going to alienate anyone who's not interested in the technology but I think it's important to put this in context. Sure. Uh, LMSs are called learning management systems have been around a long time and it really it's just a fancy word for using uh, some sort of web-based tool to manage your class yeah. colleges have used these for years uh, black blackboard was a big one and yeah. Moodle and and the newer generation of things like Haiku and canvas and the idea is that you log on to this website and all of the resources for your class are there for you and for your students yeah. assignments due dates handouts, uh, projects, it's all in under one umbrella, so to speak. And there are 
hundreds if not thousands of ways that this can be done and i'm i'm very careful to say that that i don't know the right way there is no one right way right. there is sort of the best tool for you at the time uh i had as an instructional technologist i built out as as you recalled my my evening of bliss uh in haiku <laughs> modules um <laughs> uh, you know, haiku was one I had a lot of experience in, and, and uh, for as an instructional technologist at, at Hawken a few years ago, I was building out modules for our teachers, yes. um, and 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 Canvas is sort of a lot like that, and and those were great, and they served that function at that time. When I came into into the entrepreneurial studies program and, and sort of took a few days to to look around and kind of see what the kids were doing and see what our objectives were. And thinking about sort of a broader base, so you know, we're we're very fortunate at Hawken to have a lot of resources, and I recognize that. And but I also wanted to think like, okay, how can other schools do this that don't have those same resources? Right, because right. we've wanted to build it in a way that anybody could. That's do. right. That's right. And so we um, we looked at you know we looked at that landscape, and I decided you know uh, Google was was going to be where I was going to start, and I had no sort of long-term plans. I'm not a Google affiliate. I'm not uh, associated with Google in any way, but there are a number of reasons, and I find myself explaining to this, explaining this to a lot of teachers who are in, the, in that same decision point of, you know, what do I use to, to build this class on? And I chose Google for a number of reasons. The first one is that the basics of Google is free. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and you can, anyone within your school organization or outside of it can set up any of the tools. And I, I won't get into the details on that, but things like, you know, Gmail and, and, uh, and Google Drive and all of those things are completely 100% free. So that was a big thing. That was important to me. The second thing is that uh, Google is fairly ubiquitous. Mm -hmm. uh, whether you have an iPad, uh, a, a Droid, a laptop, you have the same level of access. So I wanted students to be uh, have that feeling that is in the real world. So if they're on the bus to an away basketball game and they forgot they needed to add something to the Google Doc for their team, they could pull it up on their phone. Yep. Uh, so, so that was that's sort of where, where it came from. And I built I, I sort of built this all on, on that Google platform. And I know there are you know there are a lot of conversations around what's, what's the best and should things be standardized and what about Dropbox and what about Microsoft OneDrive and what about mm -hmm. Canvas, et cetera, et cetera. And my, my fear with going with something more proprietary like a Haiku or a Canvas is you create a, a gatekeeper. Mm -hmm. And it's not even really about cost. It's about the mindset of Okay, if you if they change something, or what if that business gets acquired and they kill that product? Like, what does that mean for all the resources you've created with it? And that's not to say that that isn't possible with Google. But right now, in this day and time, like if I were going to put any money on a on a cloud-based tech company being around in ten years. It's going to be Google. Uh, maybe ten years from yeah. now, someone will listen to this, and yeah. I'll be totally wrong. Oh, you were wrong. But right? um, sure. you know, as opposed to some of these other sure. companies, so that was that was sort of the basis for the decision. And so when when we do, uh, you know, when we're hosting workshops and we're training other educators how to do this, and I always get asked that question, like why 
why Google? Why, did, why not this XYZ? And I say, XYZ might fit very well for you, but here's why I chose Google. And whether or not they agree with it, they understand the rationale. Yeah. And that's, that's the learning for them, is just understanding all of those consequences, those far-reaching consequences of making that choice. Right. So we have educators come to our workshops or come work with us here at Hawken who are... Uh, saying, wow, I, I want to do this thing, this problem-based, project-based learning, uh, but I'm really nervous. I don't know how to go about it, and we take them through things. They also say, I, you know what, I'm not an instructional technologist. I don't have the experience, Tim, that you have. Uh, I don't, I, there's no way I can build something from a learning management system what do you say to them? Yeah, there's two things I say to them. And uh, first of all, I swallow that, the lump in my throat when they're like, yeah, but you can do this. There's That's no way right. I could. I go, okay, I pause, I let that pass. And then I, then I have two, thing, two ways I respond. The first one is I say, put the kids in charge. If you're intimidated um, or, or you're afraid or you're insecure, just ask the kids. Like, hey, can someone in here set up a shared Dropbox folder for you? I guarantee you within five minutes it'll be done. Yeah. Someone in that room, we'll whether they're sixth graders Even in or a seniors, middle school, that's right. right. We've worked with middle school educators. Yeah. They will absolutely know what to do, and they will be thrilled to show you how to do it. Yeah. And they will be gracious and proud, and they'll feel valued, and everybody wins. Yeah. So that's the first thing I say is put a kid in charge. The second thing is whether a kid is in charge or whether it's you, just do something really, one thing really simple. So if, you, if you, you, you don't know anything about Google Drive, for example, and you want kids to compile their research into one central location, then use one Google Doc. Create one Google Doc, share it. Again, if you don't know how to share it, ask a kid to share it out. Start small, pick one thing, get your feet wet, do it so that you yeah. start to understand how it works. Yeah. And then at your own pace, yeah. and it, as you need it, you can start to then build it out. And, you know, I've learned so much from you, I can't even begin to say. But one of the things as you're talking that I'm reminded of is the numbers of times, uh, especially in the early when we were really building all this, that you said, don't worry, Doris, just do what comes naturally. You can't break it. Do you remember? You kept saying you can't break it. Don't worry. Because... I had to be a user of what you were creating, and um, I didn't, uh, for me it really was always, always has been, it's about how, how do we accomplish what we're trying to accomplish. Um, but the, you know, when you talk to other educators too, I'm sure you also, that, that advice is so great, start with something simple, and then the, don't worry, you can't break it. Yeah, yeah. You, it, and that's sort of a lie. Uh, you can break it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, you're going to tell me that now, that that was a lie? No, I can't believe it. But, you, you lied to uh, me so regularly. Yeah, yeah. No, you can break it, yeah. but you can fix it almost instantly. So yeah. that, that's why I say, like, like even, even something as simple as making a change in a Google Doc, you can go back and recover yeah. every revision that's ever been made from that Google Doc. So you're really not yeah. hurting anything, yeah, yeah. you know. Uh, and, you know, the, the other question that I, 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 people try and pin me down, which I love. It's, they're like, oh, so you use Google. So how long are you going to, what happens, you know, next year? I'm like, I don't know. 
I'm using Google right now. There might be a reason why we decide to do something else. And I'm not, I think that's where the traditional um, instructional technologists and technology people in schools in general, they tend to dig their heels in on a particular system. And I, I totally get why they do it. It's because it's easier for them not to change. Yeah. And so if you go with what you've always been doing, it makes it easier on the tech staff to facilitate that. But the technology isn't there to make the tech staff's job easier. Yeah, so interesting. Now, in our learning management system, um, and I don't, I don't want to pull you into the weeds, but I think if you, if you just describe a couple of these, not all of them, a couple, it says a lot. So one of the... Uh, one of the spaces that the students have is where they put their TED Talk reviews, okay? And it's a real simple thing, but it's incredible how useful this Can you describe that? Yes. Uh, we use this, this particular strategy in, in a number of different ways, and it really is a, it's a simple Google form where the responses of the online form get input into a spreadsheet. Okay. So you can think about the number of different uses for this. Uh, so what it looks like is you get a link or you go to a website and there's a pretty standard form that we've all seen. And so you fill out your name, the title of the TED Talk, the link to it, um, your basic rating, what you thought of it, and maybe a one or two sentence recommendation, suggestion, observation Just about it. Comment. Yeah, a comment, something. Yeah. You, hit, you hit submit. You're done. You could do that from your phone. You could do that from your iPad. And what that does in Google um, backstage is yeah. that information then goes and populates the, the columns and rows on the spreadsheet. And then that spreadsheet is viewable by, by anyone you want to make it uh, accessible to. So now and, uh, that one form gets it's one per line. And so now you can look at a spreadsheet and see all the titles, all the links, all those comments in one place. And that's just one little example of how you can use a Google form to a spreadsheet. Yeah, and the way that that connects to the purpose of uh, the learning purpose is we uh, early in like maybe the second or third day of class, we assign a TED Talk for the students to watch, and maybe it's 18 minutes or something like that, a typical TED Talk, kind of, you know, 15 minutes. And it's something that even two or three days in, we're pretty sure this particular bunch is going to find really interesting. And the next day, um, they're on fire about the TED Talk, and we let that go for a while. And then we say, uh, you know, there are thousands and thousands of these. Um, do you think there might be something you're interested in yeah oh yeah that was that was great I love that and we say all right so one thing you're going to do every night and you get to choose what you want to watch just find one you want to watch and by the way if you choose one and you start and you know I'm actually not liking this stop right there it's like don't don't continue to read the book if you're hating it but find one that works and then fill out this form every night and it's a simple form that you set up and, oh, by the way, if you don't, and this becomes their nightly homework, and then, by the way, if you don't uh, know or have really a thought about what you want to watch, and some of these TED Talks are really short. So it's not a long, lengthy assignment. You can watch it on the bus. Um, we have this place where you can go in and look at this 
long list that students, not only in this class, but in all the classes before you, have given their thumbs up, thumbs sideways, or thumbs down and had a comment so they can see, oh, I loved that kid who graduated last year. Look, he loved this one. And they find, so it's so much more powerful. It's so simple what you set up, but it matches entirely uh, the purpose. Well, the main objective is not to collect the TED Talks in a spreadsheet for us. Yeah. That's not, I mean, that's a side benefit, but it's really what you're saying. It's giving kids a starting place and giving them a resource that makes it really easy. And that's what the technology should do. For more information and resources, go to doschoolbetter.com. Podcasts created by Tim Desmond, Doris Corda, and Allison Tanker. Produced by Tim Desmond.